Uh, I'm excited because what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what Satan teaches married couples. I'm glad y'all excited about that. But, uh, you know, and it's like, so what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn to cha- uh, Proverbs chapter 5. And because this is where we're going to spend our time today. And so remember, we talked about this the first week. We said that, that great and godly sex starts between the ears before it starts between the legs. We're going to talk about what Satan is telling married couples today. So the first thing, let's just establish some things we talked about. In John chapter 8, verse 44, the devil lies. He speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar, and he is the father of lies. We looked at also at John 8, 32, and it says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So we know this, that Jesus is the truth, and Satan is a liar. And so this morning, how many of you, let me ask, let's do a survey. How many of you married this morning? How many of you married? Not, not want to be married, kind of hoping, scoping to be married. How many of you married? Keep your hand up. How many of you hope to be married? How many of you hope to be married? Come on. By the end of the year, how many of you say, man, I hope to be married by the end of the year? I mean, you find the right person, okay? All right, good. You know, let me, let me, how many of you plan on committing adultery this year? How about cheating on your spouse? Anybody? Anybody up for that? It's amazing that no one raises their hand because when you, it's shocking because conservative sh- studies show that 50% of men and 42% of women will commit adultery. It's amazing. You know, it's interesting because neither one of them, n- none of y'all raised your hand. And I guarantee you if we had people in here and they said, I never planned on doing that. If I could get those people in the survey. Many of you are lying, in your, but we know this, that your spiritual enemy, Satan, whose mission is to steal, kill, and destroy everything that is dear to the heart of God. He's scheming to devastate and destroy any marriage, especially godly marriages. His desire is to scheme and destroy that. So today, our topic today is going to be this. We're going to talk about adultery. Well, I love all the cheers. Adultery is a topic today. And so what what I want to do is the devil wants you to believe you're missing out. You know, it's kind of like this. Oh, you married, man, you you know, come whispering, you're just missing out. I mean, the grass is greener on the other side. You know, and so here it is. We're going to start in chapter five of Proverbs. And here it is. This whole chapter is committed to adultery. It's talking about what adultery looks like. It says Proverbs chapter five, verse three, for the lips of the adulteress drip honey. That means they look sweet. They look appealing. And her speech is smoother than oil. There's there, there is a chance someday that someone will look more appealing than what you've got. Are you hearing me? And what happens is, and, and what happens is how the enemy does, you know, hey, she's looking pretty good. Or, man, he's looking nice and tight and right. All those different things. And, 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 the, and so what happens is there's a mistake. Satan may attach you something and try to get you attached sexually to somebody. And so what here I want to do is you think, well, in my mind, I, I, I thought sex, my sex life would be just better. I thought, I thought when I got married, I mean, we'd be adventurous, it'd be exciting, it'd be variety, it'd be a little different. Come on, but the truth, it's just plain, it's like vanilla. Same approach, same technique, same everything. They got to do something more, we got to get some hot stuff. Come on, what's up, some Tabasco? 
See, let me just say this. Maybe Satan isn't attaching your, attacking you sexually with sexual thoughts, but he's going to attack you by your emotions. Hello? And so what he's going to do is, you know what? The husband of yours, you know, he's, you know, he's just not paying attention. He doesn't even talk to me. I mean, we, 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 we talk, and when we talk, we talk about nothing. You know, there, there's got to be something more that I can get out, a connection. I want to talk. I want some talk time. There's got to be something better. Lips drip honey. Her speech is smoother than oil. It all boils down. I believe this. Is that maybe Satan isn't doing that, but it all boils down to two words. It's this, one that God wants in your marriage and one that Satan wants in your marriage. Amen? And so this morning, we're going to learn a little bit of the Bible and some words that I want to talk to you about. And so what I want to, and I want you to say these words when we say raga and shaga. Both words are found in Proverbs chapter 5. And here it is, Solomon's giving advice to his son to tell him what to watch out for and what to look for. And let's just go on. And I want you to remember those words because we're going we're gonna to talk about them. It's in chapter 5, verse Verse 18 and 19, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breast satisfy you always. Let me just read that again. Say it repeat. Say, may her what? Breast satisfy you always. And may God add his blessings to his word, the reading of the word. Amen. What is he saying right there? He's giving the word right here. He's saying it means raga, which means to bathe, to be drunk, to be filled, to be satisfied. God's saying be satisfied, the wife of your youth. Let her intoxicate you. Let her fulfill you in everything. Be satisfied. May your spouse of your youth rabah you so that you may be overwhelmed and satisfied and fulfilled. Amen? But Proverbs chapter 20, uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 20. Let me slow down. I'm getting high. Bleep, 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 bleep. Got a lot to share, so I got to kind of wind the tape down. He said, because I'm excited. I got a lot to share, okay? In fact, I'm going to take my jacket off. Is that all right? All right. I got it. It's good, man. I'll leave my cloak right here. Maybe I'll lay it on somebody or something. But it says, uh, yeah, yeah, anointing. He said, but right here, is it, it says, and what, what Proverbs says, Verse 20 says, why be captivated, my son, by an adulteress? Why embrace the bosom of another man's wife? That's shaga, to stray. It means to stray. It means to wonder. It means to be devoured. Rava means to be fulfilled. Shaga means to be devoured. So what, what happens is if, if you learn anything about Hebrew words or Greek words, it, Hebrew words right here, it's talking about it, it gives you a word picture. It's not just a word, but it gives you a whole thought, a whole sentence. And what that word really means, shaga, means a person walking on a path, and they stray off that path, and a wild animal devours them. That's what that word means. It means like you're just wandering, you're wandering off, you're not on the path that God has for you, and there's a wild animal waiting there just for you, and it takes you out. So here it is. It's in the New Testament, Jesus says, even if you look upon a person lustfully, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So let's not just think adultery is a physical inappropriateness. 
but it's an emotional and visual betrayal. An enemy wants you off the path. It's kind of like porn. Okay, I'm just going to get real this morning. Let's say, let's say I have two rooms in my house. And the first room is where I go, and I, have, I go, and it's my prayer room. And I spend an hour in prayer with God, reading my Bible, talking to God. You know, what do you think? What, what kind of thoughts am I going to come out of that room with? What kind of my thoughts? I'm going to have godly thoughts, maybe? I may have thoughts that make me a better husband, a better father, to, be, uh, to sacrifice, to give, to lay down my life for others. Those might be kind of the thoughts that I have. But let's say I have another room in my house. See, I've spent an hour with God. But let's say I go and I have another room, and it's called my porn room. And I spend an hour looking at hardcore porn for an hour. What do you think I'm going to come out of that room on my mind? What's going to be in my mind? I come out there, oh, man, I feel like, man, I, I feel like I want to serve my wife. I want to serve my kids. I just want to bless them. No, I'm thinking like, man, I need to give me something quick. Not only that, my thoughts are, not, are, are going to be about me, and, not around, and it, it will change the way I think. Am I, here, am I in the right church this morning? See, the bottom line here is we have a lot of people spending more time looking at porn than we do with God. Or and it might not be porn, it might be other things that get you distracted, that get you off the path. It may lead you off the path, and it will eat you alive. It's like, that, it's like that wild animal just waiting for you to get off of that path. See, many married couples think, well, you know, man, now my sex life's flat. You know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, if I just add a little porn into my, my sex life, it'll spice things up. Before you do that, let, let me just say, anytime... You put porn into a marriage. You know what you do? You're telling your wife you're not enough. You don't have what it takes to satisfy me. You don't have what I need. I need something else. See, let me just say this. Great and godly sex never starts with rejection. Because that's what you do. See, Satan's sly. He doesn't just say to himself, hey, today I'm going to tempt the guy. Poof, a naked woman shows up. Does that happen? Man, y'all are quiet. I mean, like, am I just, I'm just I mean, I mean, y'all are quiet. It's almost like bad quiet. Can we say this stuff in church? Yes, we can. We need to talk about it. Because it's destroying our culture. When you have a culture that says, hey, we can talk about anything, we're tolerant about stuff, and then all of a sudden they say, well, we can't be tolerant of that anymore. But you know, they're, they're trying right now, if you don't know that there's laws that are being trying to be passed through, through judges and everything else to stop the word of God for us to be able to share just certain things in the word of God. Do you realize that? We're like the frog in the proverbial water that's getting slowly heated up. And what we do is we, what, what one generation tolerates, the next generation embraces and says, that's what it should be like. And so this morning, what I want to do is, he, the end, end, he's not going to do that. Instead, he's going to take subtle temptations, but he baby steps, and it's, it's going to seem innocence, but it's going to lead you to adultery, and it'll lead you off of the path that God has for you. So let me give you a few things. Satan's baby steps to adultery. Can I give them to you? You may find yourself in the middle of one of these, and I want to share these things so you can get out of it. Amen? The first thing, you enjoy common interests. You enjoy early stages of emotional bond. 
They share personal information. You just, they anticipate time. They just can't wait. Till they, they, oh, we got to connect. We're going to see each other. And it's like something begins to happen inside of you where there's an emotion that begins to get set off. And, 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 then, and then you hide that relationship from your spouse. You don't want them to see anything like, like you said on the, the video. They don't want you to see your numbers, see what you're looking at. Listen, my wife can look at anything. And, you, and then, listen, if you have problems, then put some blockers on it. There's blockers on your phone. There's blockers you can put on your computer. There's things that you need to do. Amen? I would rather throw away my computer than lose my soul. Amen. They flirt with minor you know, like just a little arousing touches, just a little, a little touch that does something. See, they invent excuses to call or, hey, we need to meet. They deceive their spouse with words and actions, and they start, they start just drifting. And then you know what happens is that then, then there's that physical behavior. Then a sexual, you engage in sex. Rava. Fulfilled, satisfied, and blessed. Shaga, off the path, devoured. See, Solomon in Proverbs chapter 5, he, he, he teaches us two principles to escape Satan's trap of Shaga. Can I just share those with you? And if you don't give me permission, I'm sharing it anyway. Okay? Proverbs, first thing is, you have to vis- visualize the devastation. You have to visualize the devastation that it can bring to what God has done in your life. Let me just give Proverbs chapter 5, verse 3 and 5. For the lips of the adulteress drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. But in the end, help me out, church, it becomes what? Bitter as gall, sharp as a two-edged sword, and her feet go down to death and lead straight to the what? Grave. So the next time you start fantasizing about a conversation or if you find yourself in one of these baby steps, you know, or you're emotionally connected even before sex or you're thinking about sex, stop and fantasize what a bitter relationship, what, what bitter relationship could do to everyone that, you, that believes in you and that you work with or you work for. Think about it. Can I just say, I've imagined it. What if I cheated on Miss Tracy? I'd break the covenant vows that I have with her. I'm, I guarantee you what that, that would just be the, the tip of the iceberg. Because let me just tell you this. First, I would drag God's name in the mud. Amen? Not only that, but one day I would have to stand before him and give an account for my own actions. That would be the worst moment of my entire life. I would devastate thousands of people. Why? Because they they, they would say, well, I thought that dude was real. I thought that he loved Jesus and his family, but I was wrong. He screwed, I mean, screw this God thing. People would leave God and say, I'm not serving God. If, If he does that, well, guess what? Maybe the grass is greener on the other side. I would crush my wife. She's given the last 30 years of her life. Her her sole purpose is to please God by being my helpmate, my wife, my mother of six children. I would crush her heart. I would betray, you know, her trust. I'd lose her unconditional trust and risk losing my marriage. What about my kids? My kids who really believe in me, I would betray their trust. Who knows what would happen to them? I'd lose, can I tell you, I'd lose the ministry. 
I'd lose it. Everything I worked towards speaking into people's lives, I'd lose it just in a matter of a few seconds. I could lose what God has been doing in my life for 35 years. In just a few selfish moments, I could give it all away. It struck me this week because I have one of my friends in South Africa. His name is Nadi. He's not Nadi, but he's, that's his name, Nadi. And every year I go there, uh, he gives me gifts and he blesses me with things. And he always just, he's a good guy. And my dog, I can, if you've ever been around me, my dog, I, I always remember going to his house. We had a bride, which means a barbecue. And he'd always put treats on the tips of his dog's nose and he wouldn't let him eat it until he said, get in him. And he, they catch it. My dog does that. I learned that from Nadi. Tell my wife, my next dog I'll get, I'm naming it Nadi. Anyway, he died this week of a heart attack. Pastor Joan called me. I was devastated. But what devastated me more is that last year, at this time, I was in Africa, sitting down with Nadi and his wife, who's a professor, professor at a college there. And it came about after I left that his wife left him and she went to be with another man. And Pastor Willem says, is there anything you want me to share, you know, at his funeral? I mean, I know, you know, you were, and I just, and he said, Baba, just pray. And I'd ask you all to pray. He said, he has three sons. He said, when he did that, his sons rejected their mom. And don't want anything to do with her. She said, she's broken. She's devastated. She wants to try to make things happen. I feel for her. You know what I mean? If she would have put it off, come on, think about it. If she would have visualized, you know what I mean? Just visualize what it could have happened. The second thing is Rabah Shaga. Satan wants to take you out. There wasn't a person all weekend who said, hey, I'm planning on committing adultery. But the raw truth is a bunch of people did. The second thing is you need to do is shield your marriage from the slaughter. What do you mean? Do whatever you can to protect your marriage from the evil one. Why? See, I mean, I, I know of a guy, I've been hunting and stuff, and l- let me just tell you something. You know, I, I've seen cougars and, you know, mountain lions and all that stuff, and it, it would be like me going and, and, and going to do something in the wilderness, and I see a mountain lion, and I don't have a gun. Okay, y'all already know what I feel about cats. I hate cats. But a mountain lion? Okay, that, you, let me ask some. Do you think if I see that mountain lion, I go, I'm thinking in my mind, how close can I get to that mountain lion? Come here, kitty, 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 kitty. Come on, baby, kitty, 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 kitty. Go get see daddy, come on. Heck no! If I have nothing, I'm going to either be quiet or I'm going to run. I'm going to be the new Forrest Gump. Run, Bubba, run! And I'm not going to stop. Why? Because I know that mountain lion will devour me. I'm not talking about a bobcat. I'm not talking about a kitty cat. I'm talking about a mountain lion. You don't mess with that. And just like there's things in your life. Why? Because I don't want to get near something that could just destroy me. But sometimes as people, I see people, do. how close can I get to this without it destroying me? How close can I get to this without being burned? 
Well, no one to know that we did a little, little we went, we, we did a little kissing, we did a little petting, we did a little, you know, and it got hot in the kitchen, I got out, but we didn't go all the way, and we tried to justify, well, that ain't sex, this is sex. We've talked about all of it these last couple of weeks. But here it is. Let me see, the problem is, is that people have been drawing the line in the wrong places many times. You see, Proverbs 5, verse 8, and here, here it says, keep to the path far from her. Do not Go near the door of her house. What does that mean? The problem is we've been drawing the line in the wrong places. The line isn't physical inappropriateness. The line is several steps before that. The line is I don't want my eyes look, to look lustfully. I don't want my mind to think about inappropriate thoughts. I don't, I don't want to remember old girls or boyfriends or read female pornography, which is romance novels that show you basically to put a woman in a man's body and saying, here, you, ha- you can have it all. Thanks for all those amens. L- let me just say something. And I'm not mad at anybody in here, okay? I mean, if I sound like I'm mad, I... I'm just trying to, as a pastor, I'm just trying to say we live in a nasty world. And we live in a nasty world. And it seems like the lines are being moved. Especially, I can tell you this much. In the last six months, it just seems like, it's just like a domino effect. Boom, boom, boom. Things are happening. And you're seeing all these things that people, well, I'm coming out, I'm doing this, or I'm, I don't care, you know, all this stuff. And we're just like, it's like, it's like shock and awe. But here it is. L- l- let me just give you some practical three things to do and three things not to do. Is that okay? Here's the first thing. Three things never to do. Never be alone with the opposite sex. Listen, if you're, I'm going to be, extre- you know this is going to be seem extreme to some of you, but this is the way it is, all right? I'll just say this. But think for, you know, if you're going to be a part of our staff at our church, there's a couple of things I'm going to tell you. You're never alone with a woman. You're not counseling alone. You're not doing anything alone. You're not driving a car alone. You're not going to see me alone with a woman. I mean, I'll, I'll wait for a car to come pick me up. Because you know what? I'm not going to go out and eat alone because I don't want any inappropriateness. Or I don't want anybody to think anything bad about, what? how can he get away? I thought Pastor Bubba had a happy marriage. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I, I know guys that are pastors that have gone to ladies' houses to counsel them because they needed them. And, and it ended up something that it shouldn't have been. And he didn't go there with the intention, but it happened. I mean, that's where I go. If it gets hot, if it's like, I always, when I was single, we used to have this little saying, if you were tempted or there was something happening in your life, you remember Joseph with Potiphar's wife when she came and she, and, and, and he ran? We used to, go, like, this was the key word. When we were, I was traveling with a bunch of guys, we were traveling all over the United States doing inner city work, and I just go, and they know, they go, I just go, hey man, Joseph Club. They go, well, Bubba's being tempted, we need to pray for him. Well, I was always, we had a little code, Joseph Club. Because we were facing things. Is a single guy, how I many you know somehow you get lonely? Any single man up in the house? You can get lonely. You can have things go through your mind. You know, I mean, just, and, and it's like, I just say this. You know what? Now, now, some people think, well, that's wise for ministry, Pastor Bubba. That's really good. Some of you, you, you would, I said, but, I, but, but who can adopt that? I mean, I'm glad you adopt that in your life and you make your pastors adopt that. But you know what? You know, I work for somebody, and this is what I can't understand, is having a business lunch with the opposite sex. Can I just tell you something? That's stupid. 
Thanks for all those amens, one of them. On so many different levels, the fact that someone would just look at them and question the integrity of your marriage. I, I, what blows my mind is I see it when, I've traveled, when I travel. How can any business send their employees on a business trip and they're the opposite sex and say that's acceptable? That's like putting a bullet in a gun, spinning it, putting it, and putting it to your head and pulling the trigger and go, it didn't happen, but praise God, amen. Here's another thing is, never to do. Never discuss your marriage with the opposite sex. Listen, not good about it, not bad about it, don't talk about it. They don't need to know. Okay, if you're in counseling, there might be something else, and professional counseling, understand You can talk to that person to help you. Number three, never hang around the wrong environments. What does that mean? This varies for each person, but you know know what it is. Guys, you don't need to go to a bachelor party at a strip club. Some of the wives go, amen to that. And you go, I'm going to take you, I'm going to knock you out. I'm serious. You know, there's just some things you don't need to be doing. I can remember one time Zach told me, he said, you know, when he used to work for the film crew, and they're going, man, you know, come to the bar, man. We're going to go, and we're going to go watch some women. And he's just like, no, man, I don't need that. They, and they really tried to put the pressure on, oh, you little goody, goody. And he said, man, look, I'm married, and I love, I love my wife, and I ain't going. How many times have people try to tempt me and I go, man, look, when you got a Mercedes Benz up in the garage, why settle for a Yugo? She runs good. She's everything I need. Women, I'm coming to you. Working out and somebody's, you know, you're working out, you're at the gym and everybody goes, ooh, look at that little boy's butt. He's cute. It's the wrong environment. It's the wrong environment. Can I just tell you something? For me, now that y'all can be different, but for me, I'm not even a member of a gym. I work out on my own. I went, I had someone give me a free thing one day to go join the gym. Man, I went in there and I go, Lord Jesus, there's so much spandex happening up in this place. How much more can they, I can read the date of the dime on that thing. I'm out of here. That's the gospel truth. I went once, and I told my, I ain't going back. I don't care if it's free. It's free to be tempted. I don't need that. You know, y'all pray for me, please. See, that's, it's just, it, that would be wrong. Any man or any woman, it's just the wrong, whatever environment it is. Here's the three things to always do. Number one. Always nurture your relationship with Christ, with Jesus. It's amazing when you're on fire for God, it's more difficult to get on fire for sin. If I'm hot for God, man, I don't need all that hot. Second thing is always keep accountability. Someone who can look in your eye regularly and ask you how you're doing with God, how you're doing in your thought life, how you're doing in your marriage, and how do you know, how do you, how do you know them well enough that you can say, you just lied to me. Tell me the truth. We need people like that. 
I'm glad I have people like that in my life. If I ever go on an overseas trip and Pastor Jacob, Pastor Jim, Pastor Josh, Zach, Jamie, and there's a lot of people around here. If I went and did something stupid, there would be a line of people pimp slapping me all the way. I got my luggage. <laughs> you idiot. You stupid. My wife would be there with a knife and she wouldn't be. I mean, I promise you. Talk about circumcision. She started a whole new then, whole new ministry. <laughs> you know. Number three, here's the here's a good one. Always water your own grass. Always take care of your marriage. I heard so many times well, we just we just ain't in love anymore, Pastor Bubba. And I just can't I can't wait. Okay, well then where did you stop? Where did things stop? Help me. Help me to see. Well, you know, Pastor Bubba, you should be growing in your marriage. What stopped it? Can I tell you something? It's not rocket scientists, guys. Let me just give you a hint. Before you married her, you used to shave. You used to brush your teeth. In fact, you used to put on a clean pair of underwear. You put a little extra squirt of cologne. Come on, am I, am I telling the truth? Come on, ladies, am I, help me out. And you take her out. And you, here's a revelation, talk. Turn off the television. Talk to her. You know, they say, they did a study recently, they said that, Six-tenths of all marriages that are being married right now are going to end in divorce. That means six out of every ten. Sad. And it's even the same in the church now. It used to be different. It's the same. But they said, this is pretty incredible. They said that one out of 1,032, if they pray together on a regular basis, one out of 1,032 will not end up in marriage. That is less than a sixth of a percent. That, you know, when you pray together, you stay together. Amen? And I, I, I think about this. And if, like, like, if you pray together, you stay together. If I was an atheist and I love my wife, I would pray just to stay together. You see, I, I believe this. A, a Christ-centered marriage that is biblically based is the closest thing on earth to heaven. And one that is not is the closest thing to you know where, hell. That's what it is. You don't have God in your marriage. After 20 years, you start having, you talk about them differently. That old bag of dirt, let me tell you something. I'm going to kick her. I'm going to slap him. I'm going to, you know what I'm talking about? Get mean to each other. Don't touch me. Oh, I think you said all the time. Well, you, you, you watered your own grass, sir. Turn the TV off. So talk to her. Do something nice. Pray together. Apologize what you've done. And then can I say something? And get naked. Some of you look at me like, did he say what I thought he said? <laughs> naked, 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 naked. I think everybody needs an NIB weekend. You need to go to an NIB conference every year, naked in bed. I'm serious. Y'all got a new saying now. 
See, I, I'll just say, now, with all that said, what happens when you mess up? Can I just, are you strayed? The, you know, even when you've been unfaithful, God is faithful. Second Timothy says this, listen, it says, if, if we are faithless, God will remain, what? Faithful. Some of you just think, what, at point, what point have I strayed? You know, maybe there's some of you, you haven't, you haven't committed adultery, but you're on one of those baby steps. And so, have you strayed? Let's pray. Let's just cl- bow your heads, close your eyes. I just want to pray. Ask, ask yourself, at what point did you stray? If you strayed, let, let God's grace will be more than enough. And his spirit will bring you back. That's what I'm praying. And see, be honest. At what point have you strayed? Maybe you're, you're at baby step number two. Maybe you, you're, you're, uh, your marriage is in what it, you thought it would be. You've strayed with your eyes. You've strayed from God. You've lost your first love from, with God. So you've just strayed. At one point or another, we ha- we've all strayed. We have to come back. Let's pray. Father, today we're coming back. Lord, I ask that you would just correct us, change us. But we're coming back. Correct us where there's been sin. Whatever the enemy meant for evil, Lord, I thank you that you can turn that thing around for good. What you have, where we've been weak, you said you can make us strong. Where we've been vulnerable, you can, you can give your peace to make us perfect in your presence. We need your peace. We need your strength. We need your power. Make us strong we've been, where we've been weak. I'm coming back. We're coming back. We're coming back, God. We're coming back. Coming back. Coming back to that first love. Coming back. Lord, put a safeguard in our lives, God. Help us to do the things that put you first in our lives. Your heads bowed, your eyes closed. Say, Pastor Bubba, I know it's about me knowing my first love, and that's trusting Jesus with all my heart. I want to trust him. I don't, I'm not going to stray anymore, but I'm going to trust him with all my heart. Maybe you prayed that prayer and say, and it doesn't mean you, you, you're in adultery, but that adultery spirit has been just pegging at you and nibbling at you. And you say, Pastor Bubba, I, I, I needed to hear this this morning because I need the power and the strength of God. If that's you, just raise your hand. Pastor, that's me. That's me. Thank you. Thank you. Put it down. Anyone else? Put it down. Thank you. Anyone else? Let's just be real. You're not going to do that. You're going back to your first love. Thank you. Put it down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God. Thank you. Put it down. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you that, God, that we can be made new. We can be made whole. That, God, that we can walk in your strength and not our own strength. Lord, we know that we, we try to do things our, ourselves and try to figure it out or think that we can get by on this. And Lord, we realize that, that, God, that's not what we need. We need you. We need you. So, Father, for those, I pray that, God, I pray as they come back, that they just find that first love with you. They honor you. They bless you. 
They put, they put things in their lives that doesn't allow them to get off the path. Father, I pray that God, that not only would they do those things, but God, that they would make everything right where they've been wrong. I pray they would shield their marriage from the path that would try to lead them astray. They would visualize devastation of, of God just, just going their own way. So, Father, I thank you for your grace this morning, your grace that is able to do far more than we can think or imagine. I pray that upon every person, every person's mind, every person's heart here this morning. I pray it in the mighty name of Jesus.